Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we have fought through our traditional technical difficulties. We are back previewing some week three action. Are you ready? So this is one of those weeks, Joey, where week three is, I mean, going into it, there aren't expected to be a lot of big time matchups. This is the first time there hasn't been a ranked on ranked matchup since like 2007. So we're going on 12 years now. But, 17, but yes. Oh, 17? Almost two years. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's. Shout out Chris Felica. Yeah, okay. So that was patently incorrect. <laughs> anyway, we're off to a rousing Set the tone start. early. Yeah. Off to a rousing start. Anyway, um, there's been a ranked on ranked matchup in two years. Uh, but usually, Joey, when we have either one ranked matchup or, you know, less than that, we get to a point where there's often, you know, a little bit of craziness across college football. And I think that will be the case for the ACC this week. There are a couple of really interesting matchups on paper, but there are also some games that get a little bit weird. So uh, looking forward to previewing them here. At the risk of sounding a little bit ominous with this, Mike, the the thing that was noted, so again, almost two years ago was the last time we had a weekend of college football where there were no ranked matchups. Would you like to know the uh, the weirdness that kind of kicked off that weekend? Fire away. Uh, it was one Syracuse Orange team beating Clemson in the Carrier Dome on a Friday night. What a coincidence. What a coincidence indeed. We will get to that shortly here, Mike. But in the meantime, uh, we have some games to preview. Before we do that, we have one important piece of news that we felt like we had to cover off the top of this show because it seems like it's going to be important here given about another month or so. And so with that being said, uh, we're a couple hours removed here as we record Wednesday evening on September 11th. Um, we're a few hours removed from Florida State announcing that they have officially hired Jim Levitt as a defensive analyst. And if if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, Jim Levitt, former head coach at USF for a long time, uh, formerly defensive coordinator at Colorado and Oregon. Um, he worked for Willie Taggart at Oregon, for what that's worth. He is a known good defensive mind. He's also a known a little bit of an abrasive personality, difficult to work with, but as we talked about in the offseason with Willie Taggart bringing in Kendall Bryles, a, a man who is a, whose family has a certain stigma associated with it after all the events at Baylor and such, and how I think the implication there or the feeling was that uh, maybe Willie was getting a little bit desperate after a rough year one. 
here we are, Mike, after a, a, a really rough week one loss to Boise State and a week two near miss to Louisiana Monroe, and he's bringing in another fairly controversial individual in Jim Levitt, who's a known good football mind. Does this foreshadow any other major staff changes at Florida State, do we think, here in the next month or so? I mean, I think so. Florida State has never really been sold um, on Harlan Barnett as a defensive coordinator. Um, I think given the issues we've seen over the first couple of weeks, both against Boise and UL Monroe, I think it's safe to say that, you know, Willie Taggart wanted to have a guy who could be a possible replacement if he had to, you know, get rid of Harlan Barnett as defensive coordinator. I mean, I think a lot of Florida State fans, James Coleman included, who we've had on this podcast multiple times, have not been thrilled with the play calling of Harlan Barnett and how he's gotten the defense ready for these games here in 2019. Uh, defense looked okay, I thought, in the opener um, against Miami. I think we get to a point now where – or in, against Boise, sorry, uh, in the opener. But I think you get to a point now where, you know, they didn't look great against UL Monroe. Um, it was a really tough matchup in which they really didn't play all that great in the second half. You saw UL Monroe um, go on and outscore them by a significant margin in the second half. I thought Florida State's defense played a lot better in that first half, much like in the Boise State game. Um, you know, showed out, played much better in the first half than the second half. You get to a point where, you know, you realize that this defense is largely going to be inconsistent throughout the year. Um, and I and I think Florida State's getting to the point now where they're like, well, Harlan Barnett's on a relatively short leash and we have to have a replacement in tow. The thing is, like, I'm not sure Willie Taggart had a lot of assistance on the staff outside of Harlan Barnett that he could rely on to take over if he had to make a change. But I think now um, with Jim Levitt on the staff, he's a, he's got a guy who's got defensive coordinator experience, a guy that he can easily um, pull on board and, um, you know, replace, you know, Harlan Barnett with if he ha- does have to make a change. And, you know, given Florida State's schedule here, um, playing some of the teams they play in the Atlantic Division coming up, I can see that being a potential issue. Um, Florida State obviously has a tough matchup this coming weekend in Week 3. Um, UVA's got a pretty good team. Uh, they haven't really played a whole, you know, they routed Pittsburgh in the opener. They looked really good last weekend against William & Mary. It makes you wonder now, you know, if Harlan Barnett isn't able to put out a really solid defense here in Week 3 against UVA, is he you know, a guy who's kind of in a lame duck position now, especially with Jim Levin on staff. So I think it's more insurance than anything else. And you got a guy who's able to come on board and, you know, kind of be the guy in waiting if this Harlan Barnett hire doesn't work out. Cause let's, let's face it, like Willie Taggart, given what happened last year, given what's, you know, transpired so far this year, you know, I think he's in a spot where, you know, he knows that he won't be long for this job unless he makes a change and something is successful. And, you know, they're able to move forward on both offensive and defensive sides of the football on a more consistent basis. So I think this is more insurance than anything else. It does. It, it's kind of having this feeling. It's starting to feel like, I guess I'll say that there's a little bit of flailing going on in Tallahassee of just stuff is feeling like it's not really working and we're not really sure what's going to work. So we're just going to start trying some stuff, I guess. Um and that's not a great place to be, especially for a program who so recently has had the stature that Florida State has had. That's a program that's won a national title this decade. Like <laughs> this is not this is not that far removed from a national title level program. And now all of a sudden we're trying to figure out like what the hell we gotta do to get six wins together. Like that's a weird feeling. And just to think that 
we might not be that far from Willie Taggart with an offensive coordinator and Kendall Bryles and a defensive coordinator and Jim Levitt. And man, that is just a motley crew to think of. I, that's, I don't know. I'm curious to see where this goes. Cause like you said, it kind of feels like that's where this is headed. And Jim Levitt, very bright football mind, very good defenses have been wherever he's been. Kendall Bryles, bright football mind, good offenses wherever he's been. But at some point, it's like at what cost? You know, I don't know. So I, I'm I'm really curious to see where this goes. I feel like it might be uh, might be headed that way, but we'll keep you updated as that uh, works that way. We'll see. Mike, we have games to preview. Uh, we have a lot of games to preview. Yeah, we do. Um, I think this is 13 games. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Probably a little less than a that. Lot. But anyways, several, several games. Um, we're going to start out. we got two games on Friday night, and then we'll work our way through the Saturday games. Uh, first off, Friday night, uh, 6 o'clock on ESPN. I will preface this by making as clear as I know how to make it. This is a non-conference game. This does not count for either team's conference records. Christ. As the North Carolina Tar Heels at 2-0 are traveling all the way to Winston-Salem to take on the Wake Forest Steaming Deeks. Uh, Wake Forest a three-point favorite here at home. Total is 66.5. Mike, I, UNC has defied all expectations the first couple of years or first couple of weeks of the year. Wake is taking care of their business with no problems. Uh, Wake now getting just basically the benefit of, of home field advantage here. Other than that, it's basically saying this would be an equal, you know, a, a push on a neutral field. Do you have a good sense of which team is better here? Because I'm not so sure that I do. No, I don't. I'm not sold on it either way. I mean, I try to rationalize it for Wake Forest, though. Um, look, South Carolina, I thought would be a lot better than they looked in week one. Miami, a lot better than I you know, I watched in week two against North Carolina. Um, to North Carolina's credit, I mean, they looked really good in the first two weeks. I think North Carolina overall, if you're looking on a more national scale, I think North Carolina has the two best wins in the country at this point. Um, with that being said, is North Carolina a little bit overrated? Could be, because we're not sure how good Miami is. We're not sure how good South Carolina is going into this game against Wake Forest. Now you wonder, you know, Wake Forest at home, they have a really good offense, their defense isn't all that good. And we don't really, we still don't really know how good North Carolina is, right? Um, do they have impressive wins on paper? Yes, sure. Do we know how good those teams are? No, of course not. Um, but going into this game, Wake Forest, they're playing at home. Jamie Newman has looked really, really good through the first two games. If Kate Carney is able to go, seems like a rational decision. The one thing we will note in this game is there will be no Kendall Hinton at slot receiver position, and he's been very good for Wake Forest the first two weeks. I think that does make a difference for their offense. Um, I think that leans North Carolina's way, obviously, the fact that they don't have to cover an extra playmaker in space uh, in the slot. But Wake Forest at home, they've run the ball very well. Jamie Newman's been very good. I'm going to take the Demon Deacon, shall we? I think North Carolina could potentially be a little bit overrated. Um, would it you know, really surprised me overall if North Carolina is able to pull this out. No, it wouldn't, just given the fact that I've watched them through the first two weeks and they've been very impressive. But, you know, I think there's an opportunity here for Wake Forest to kind of prove a point here at home, kind of bring North Carolina back to earth a little bit. And 
uh, kind of level set expectations for both programs throughout the rest of the season. Um, I think if North Carolina wins, it'll be kind of more of a referendum on Wake Forest. The fact that, you know, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. And for North Carolina, maybe, hey, we should take them a little bit more seriously if they win this football game. But um, I like Wake Forest. I like Dave Clawson. They're at home. I'm going to take them to win and cover, what was it, three and a half? Uh, three. Three. Okay. So I'll take them to win and cover. Um, I think they, I think it's inside a touchdown, Joey, maybe like 28, 24, something like that. But I think Wake Forest wins. And, uh, but again, if they don't, it says more about North Carolina, in my opinion, than it does about Wake Forest. So I watched a good amount of this game that Wake Forest played against Rice last week. Um, and the reason that I did that was that I was financially invested. Just throw that all on the table right there. But like I just watched Wake Forest give up 21 points to a Rice team that scored seven the previous week against Army, and and part of what that tells me is that Wake's defense, as much as they looked better in the second half of last year than they did in the first, I don't think I can trust Wake's defense at all right now. Um, in fact, I came out of that game, and I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, but I think for all intents and purposes, right now, I have to consider Wake Forest secretly a Big 12 team. Uh, they're going to sit there and rack up yards and points, and they're going to give up yards and points hand over fist. And it is, you know, I think you got to consider that. And, and I think that's reflected in the total here, by the way, which is 66 and a half, which right off the top, that's the highest total on the board this weekend in the ACC. Um, and, and that's a little bit unusual for a weeknight game in particular. But I, I'm with you in not being totally certain how good South Carolina is. And I think that North Carolina – benefited a little bit from some luck against Miami. Um, you had Bubba Baxa miss multiple field goals, which is not something we've gotten used to. So th- there's that. Um, I I think Wake Forest, I, I, at this point what I'll say and what we've said before is that I can trust what Wake Forest's floor is going to be. That on Wake Forest's worst day, they're still going to be at least decent, you would say, right? Um, yep. I don't know exactly how high their ceiling is. One of the things I'll also mention is that you, you you talked about how Kendall Hinton is going to miss this game uh, with an injury, and that's that's true, and that's that's a wide receiver that has made an impact so far this year. But Kendall Hinton's also like the number three receiver to Sage Surratt and Scotty Washington, and both of those guys are playing for Wake Forest in this game. And uh, with Jamie Newman at quarterback, I, I'm not that worried about it. I I think I'm going to ride with you here at Wake Forest. You know, three points, not by that much. Um, I, I don't think this is a a super big blowout or anything like that, but I think Wake Forest at home under Dave Clawson, more established, more consistent. I think that they get it done. I'm going to ride with you in the Demon Deeks. Um, 66 and a half kind of feels like a lot, but the implied score there is about 35-32, which seems in play. Um, I'd probably leave the total alone. So I'm going to ride with you on Wake Forest um, and say that they cover the three. I'm with it. I think so. Let's move on. Uh, about an hour and a half after that, 7.30 p.m. Friday night on the ACC Network. This is a game, Mike, that for betting purposes, I am in love with. I am absolutely in love with. The Boston College Eagles. The uh, Hold on, hold on. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. The dudes at home hosting Les Miles and the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, in Chestnut Hill on a Friday night, and they are a 21-point favorite at home. Mm. And that seems like an awful lot of points. Yep. Kansas seems like an awful lot of awful. Uh-huh. Um, 
they just got beat. La- Joey, Joey, real quick. What happened last week? Uh, I'm glad you asked, Mike. They got beat 12 to 7 at home by the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, uh, world famous. Came Wait, in and. <laughs> again? What was the uh, final score of the Astros and Athletics game last night, Joey? I think it was like 21 to 7. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, weird, weird stretch of Astros games the last three days. That's that's been a whole thing. Different different discussion for a different day. But yes, the, Kansas scored seven points at home against Coastal Carolina last week, and now they're going to go to Chestnut Hill and try to keep this within three scores of Boston College. Nope. Hell no, they nope. don't want any part of Boston College. They don't want any part of the D train. Anthony Brown's going to feast. This is going to be a rout. 21 points sounds like a lot. It's up from 17, Mike. I am all in on Boston College in this number. They're going to cover three touchdowns. Not a problem on Friday night. Joey, what did Boston College just do to Richmond last weekend? Uh, Wrecked them pretty comfortably. 45-13 off the top of my head? A lot. A lot of points there. Yeah. A lot of points here. They covered three scores. Um, Is Richmond better than Kansas? They might be. They might be. (laughs) They might be. I mean – you know, Kansas just lost to Coastal at home, so let's call a spade a spade. Kansas is a special kind of awful. Can Kansas be sustainable past year one under, under less miles? Yes, of course. Um, can they be very good in year one under less miles? No, I don't think so. I think uh-uh. Kansas is a 3-9 team. Kansas sucks, Joey. They're really bad. Um, Boston College. 3-9 might be generous. i trying to go on the high end. Um, (laughs) to be fair, um, BC looked decent against Virginia Tech, looked really good last weekend against Richmond. Um, I think they're going to beat Kansas here, Joey. I think this is a good spot for BC. 21 points, not a lot. Again, you set up from 17. I still like BC in this football game. Kansas is a special kind of awful. They're really trying to rebuild there. It's a really tough program turnaround there because there's recruiting issues. There's facilities issues there's you know basically a decade of being pretty bad you know you got to date back to the mark mangino coaching days the todd recent quarterback days to find a time where kansas was at least decent at football it's been a while since then um it's going to be a long rebuild for kansas they have to be patient less miles i think he's the right guy for the job for sure it was a good hire in my opinion but it's not going to look good in year one i like boston college big in this game joey let's say 35 to 6. I mean, I think they cover. I don't think it's like an overwhelming cover, but I do think it's like a, in the 25 to 28 point range, which is more than enough, you know, four to seven points there. Um, I like BC here in this game. There are multiple out-of-conference opponents on this slate for ACC teams, and Power 5 out-of-conference opponents, by the way, I'll say, yep. that I think are – Low-key at best, not so low-key at worst, just total garbage um, that I feel real good about the ACC team playing against them. So this is one of them. You and I both on Boston College, I agree. I think it's a, this is a big, big win, maybe 42 to 10, something like that. I, I, don't, think, I don't think this is a game by halftime. I, I, think, nope. I don't think Kansas wants any part of A.J. Dillon. I don't think they want any part of this physical offense. Boston College's defense – not going to be challenged, I don't think, by Kansas's offense much. I this this feels like a blowout to me, which is kind of bizarre in a, in a power five versus power five matchup. So, I'm with you. Let's roll with Boston College. 
All right, uh, that's it for Friday. Let's move on to Saturday, Mike. Noon on ABC, kicking off the afternoon, the Pitt Panthers. They're on the road. They're in Happy Valley taking on the number 13 Penn State Nittany Lions. Pitt's a 17-and-a-half-point dog in this game. This is a big line. Do you want those points? They're dead. You're shaking your head like hard, hard no on that. Definitely not. A lot of Can points. Kenny, it is a lot of points. Kenny Pickett played the game of his life last weekend. Um, <laughs> and they I scored think, 20 against Ohio. <laughs> no, I know, but you look at his line. He threw for over 300 yards, completed like 70% of his passes. He won't do that again. Um, nah, Penn State, dude. I mean, this is very easy for me. I think Penn State wins and covers. I don't trust Kenny Pickett, Joey. I haven't for a while. This is his first good game since, you know, a year and a half ago when he beat Miami day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday um, at home. It was a surprise win. I don't I don't buy Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's very good. I don't think he can repeat that performance. I like Penn State big here. I don't disagree, honestly. Um, I think Penn State, they, they, they had a bit of a rough season last year, as rough as like 9-4 and four ever gets, in, in, if I remember correctly. They're still pretty damn good. And I, I think they might be sneaky good this year, as sneaky good as a top 15 team can be. Um, I I don't love this matchup for Pitt. I, I think Penn State's defense is going to be pretty good. Pitt's offense has not shown me that they are capable of the wrinkles necessary to compete with a Penn State team like this, this, this level of defense. If you ask me, is Kenny Pickett going to come out and throw for 300 yards a second straight week? I would put my money on no. Um, I don't think he will. I don't know how Pitt moves the ball in this game. And as much as I I don't hate what I've seen from Pitt's defense so far, and I think they've actually been fairly decent, I also don't know how much they're going to be able to contain Penn State over a full 60 minutes, especially on the road in Happy Valley, right? I, that's, that's the issue I have here. Um, 17 and a half is a lot, but I, I think Penn State probably wins this game again, like 34-10, 34-13, something like that, where I, I think they probably cover by a little bit. Um, yep. Number here is 53 for the game. I kind of lean under on that. I don't think either of these teams is scoring a ton on the other. Um, 34 to 10. Yeah, 34 to 10 gets you there. I mean, that's that's. Yep squarely under the number so under on um, the cover yeah i think so so i i think that's the move here we're in line with taking penn state here this is not a good matchup for pitt nope i i we need to keep monitoring pitt because pitt might be sneaky not that good this year even with a new offensive coordinator and all that we need to we need to keep an eye on the panthers because there there might be some problems brewing there I agree, and we mentioned this in the recap. We were both very impressed with the Ohio win because we weren't 100% sure if it was going to win that football game, and they looked okay. But, again, is it repetitive for Kenny Pickett? I mean, if it becomes more of a habit, then, you know, uh, a nuance, uh, once-in-a-blue-moon opportunity. Like, yeah, if it becomes, uh, becomes more of a, you know, consistent passing number basis, I don't know. Yeah, I just I don't buy it. I really don't. I just uh, I don't know. I just don't think he's all that good. I mean, I think we saw the best of him against Miami. I think we saw good Kenny Pickett last weekend for the first time in over a year. I just 
I don't see it being, you know, repetitive and consistent on a weekly basis. It seems like, and as much as I like to talk about ceilings and floors for teams and players and all that, I would say relatively high ceiling, relatively low floor, and there's there's a lot of instances where you find yourself closer to the floor than the ceiling with Kenny Pickett. So I, I too, not in love with what I've seen from him so far. Um, this, by the way, Pitt's first road game of the year. They've played both their, their games at home so far. So a uh, little bit of that to be factored in here, playing away from the friendly confines of Heinz Field. So keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, same channel, Mike, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. As I mentioned before, the game a few years ago that – kind of kicked off a weekend of weirdness amongst a whole bunch of ranked versus unranked matchups. The number one Clemson Tigers taking a return trip to the Carrier Dome to take on the Syracuse Orange. Mike Clemson, this time, a 27.5-point favorite in this game. Um, and, and one of the things I thought about was I couldn't help but think if last week, let's say Syracuse, instead of playing Maryland, plays UMass or plays right. – I don't know, Holy Cross or whatever, and kind of kicks the crap out of a, a an FCS team, and we haven't quite seen them get exposed. I feel like this line is probably at least 10 points different. Clemson yep. going on the road is probably 17 and a half or so. Like, that's a hell of a downgrade for Syracuse in one week, but at the same time, you give up seven touchdowns on Maryland's first eight drives, and... I don't have any faith in your defense now. That's not just a look-ahead spot. That's just being bad. Right. No, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, <clears throat> so we watched Syracuse just get absolutely housed last weekend. Um, Clemson didn't look great in week – I mean, well, let's talk in relative terms. Trevor Lawrence didn't look great in week one against Georgia Tech, but Clemson overall, you know, blows Georgia Tech out of the stadium. Trevor Lawrence plays a better game last weekend against Texas A&M. Uh, Clemson's running game didn't get going quite as well as it did against Georgia Tech, but they find different ways to beat you, right? And their offense is consistent from the standpoint of they'll find a way to score points, they'll find a way to be efficient, whether it's in the passing game or the running game. The problem for Syracuse is that their defense didn't look great against Maryland. Josh Jackson threw all over him. Obviously, the running game did a lot of damage in that game last weekend. And Clemson has yet to put together a game where they're consistent on both in both the passing game and the running game offensively, uh, but their defense has been good enough to get the job done. Syracuse's offense, which has been consistent, relatively consistent speaking, um, in recent years, has not looked very good through two weeks. They've been relatively uneven. Um, here's the problem, Joey. Clemson's defense, I think, is pretty good. If Syracuse brings an uneven offense to the table, I think that puts them in a hole early. And I think Syracuse's defense is in a spot right now where you can't trust them enough on, you know, against the pass or the run, where you look at Clemson's offense and they've yet to put together a really good game, but you know they can beat you in multiple ways. I like Syracuse big here, Joey. Um, It's really easy to pick Syracuse to cover, just considering what they did two years ago when they upset Clemson in the same location there at the Dome. they nearly pulled the upset off in Death Valley last year because Trevor Lawrence goes down early. I like Clemson big in this game, Joey. I don't think it's really all that competitive. I'm talking 35-7, maybe like 42-14. It's going to be a big win for the Tigers here. 
this weekend. I don't anticipate Syracuse really pushing them at all. This is a game I looked at in the preseason. I figured, hey, Syracuse has hung with them, you know, twice. They beat them once. They, you know, obviously hung with them last year and nearly pulled off the upset. But I think Syracuse is worse. I think Clemson is every bit as good and has yet to put together a full game. And I think they're going to have an opportunity to do that this weekend. And I also think Clemson is going to want to make a statement here because, look, out of all the teams on their schedule, Syracuse is the one team that Clemson overall has struggled with over the last couple of years, and they haven't put together really a consistent performance on either side of the football. I think they finally do it this weekend, Joey. I like Clemson big in this game to win cover. The only issue I have with that, Mike, is that you you mentioned your projected scores, 35-7, 42-14. You do realize that either of those final scores would mean Clemson covering by half a point, right? Yeah, I know, barely. That's that's the thing here is that Syracuse getting 27.5 at home Almost four touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, so Syracuse two years ago in the Carrier Dome wins this game and, and kind of caught Clemson on a weird Friday night. And I, I think they kind of felt like they were probably sleepwalking through the game a little bit and was one of the absolute signature wins of the Dino Babers era. Last year they go to Death Valley. They almost knock off Clemson. Part of that is that Trevor Lawrence goes down with an injury and Kelly Bryant has transferred out at, like the week before, meaning now Chase Bryce comes in and by the way, still manages to find a way to lead them to victory and a come, come from behind win. This is absolutely a spot where Clemson is going to want to um, establish themselves and kind of dominate and, and prove a point like you've mentioned. And, and I, they're not going to overlook Syracuse. They're not taking this lightly, that whole thing. I'm going to take Syracuse in the points here. I Not by much. I, this is so many points for me. I, maybe this is like 34 to 10, something like that. But as, as much as anything, you know, thinking that Syracuse is going to have fixed some things from last week, I, maybe. And also, I can't pick favorites in every single one of these games this week, so i got to take an underdog somewhere. Yep. I don't know which one of those two things is more important to me, but I'm going to go with Syracuse in the points and not by much. I think Clemson still wins this game pretty comfortably, but I I'm going to take Syracuse to cover just that is so many points, especially in a road spot for Clemson. Um, I got to imagine there's some disappointment around this as well Is that this was really thought like a week ago that this was going to be the college game day game. And it is not. Yep. Uh, college game day headed to Ames for El Asico, as it were, um, <laughs> between Iowa State and Iowa. So that should be fun. That's first time in Ames, by the way. Big fan of college game day going to these tiny little podunk towns they've never been to. Last year they went to Pullman for Washington State. Uh, this year they're going to Ames for Iowa State. So that'll be fun for your Saturday morning. Keep an eye on that. Yep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, 7.30 on the ACC Network, Florida State on the road in Charlottesville against the number 25, Virginia Cavaliers. Mike, your Cavaliers are a seven-point home favorite in this game. Does 
does that feel like a little bit of a low number to you? Like a like a to me, it feels like it stinks like a little bit, but also Florida State's a pretty public team and got a lot of talent, and they could get it right any day now. And I don't know. I kind of lean with Virginia here, though, getting given seven at home. We've been playing this game with Florida State for a while. Like, <laughs> man, they, they should be a lot better than they are, and it's only a matter of time before they put it together, and they still haven't put it together, Joey. Um, Surely this week, though. Yeah, against a UVA team that looks as good as it ever has. Yeah, this will be the week. <laughs> um, UVA wins and covers. I'm going to continue to go with the favorites. This is, again, full disclosure, we talked about this off the top. It's one of those weird weeks where, you know, there are a lot of games with heavy, heavy favorites, which will surely get weird. But out of all the games we've picked so far, I think I'm most confident in UVA rolling Florida State. Florida State's in a really bad spot right now, Joey. I saw a good bit of that game last weekend against UL Monroe. This team doesn't look ready to do almost anything. Um, and it's more of a testament to Willie Taggart and his staff just not having the guys ready to play. Um, and I, I like Willie Taggart a lot. I just think he's in over his head. Um, and I think that trend continues on Saturday. I like Virginia to win and cover here. I tend to agree, and, and I was thinking about it, is that as, as much as last week I really felt like not only should Florida State have beaten Louisiana Monroe, but should have covered 22. Yep. I mean, should have beaten the brakes off of the Warhawks. And the fact that, that, that they almost lost that game on m- multiple occasions tells me that it is time, Mike, that we re-enter fade Florida State territory. Like it is, it is just at this point, it is unwise to trust Florida State to do anything that we think they probably should do. So Fair let's enough. just go back. Let's just go back into fade Florida State territory. Let's go with Virginia and the seven at home, or given seven at home. And I, I just can't trust the Knowles. I, you know, especially again, as consistent and as good of a team as Virginia is on a week to week basis. Maybe Florida State comes out and gets an early lead in this game, but I don't trust that their offensive line is going to be able to block Virginia's front. Right. I don't trust that their defense is going to hold up against Bryce Perkins and some of those guys on offense. Like Virginia is just a much more consistent and trustworthy program at this point. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give seven with Virginia. I, I'd like to think at worst we're getting a push there. Um, totals 58. I don't hate the over as much as Florida State's able to score and not defend, but – then again, they got Jim Levitt as their uh, defensive analyst now, so who knows what they're capable of. Yeah, I'm with it. You want to make this your pick of the week, Mike? I do. Let's lock it up, Joey. Sure, what the hell. Pick of the week right there. Mike has Virginia given seven to Florida State. And, Mike, the reason I ask that is that at 12 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, oh boy, the NC State Wolfpack is traveling to Morgantown, and NC State is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the Wolfpack is my pick of the week here. Lock it up. Give, lock it up, baby. Giving six and a half to a garbage West Virginia team. This is – if you haven't been paying attention, West Virginia damn near lost to James Madison. I thought that they would. They uh, – what did they do last week? I, I forget. They've looked terrible. West Virginia has looked terrible. They're in, they lost to Missouri. Uh, oh, yeah. They got breaks beaten off them by Missouri. They've got a Boat new race. coach, new quarterback. Like there is just like they've replaced so much, especially on offense. West Virginia's offense is terrible right now. It's going to take Neil Brown a year or two to get that figured out in Morgantown. 
I don't understand how an NC State team that's looked pretty good the last couple of weeks and seems to be fully functional and stable under Dave Doran at the moment is only a touchdown favorite, even on the road. I am all over NC State in this game. It's one of my uh, bets I've already put in on this weekend. So give me the Wolfpack covering six and a half. I think comfortably I'll take them like 38, 38, 17, maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this is going to yeah. be a close game. I would you too. I like NC State big here. Um, Matthew McKay has looked really good the first few games. I don't know if this is the most confident defense he's faced, but it'll be close to it. I still think NC State has more than enough firepower offensively to get the job done, so I like them to win and cover here. Total here is the lowest one on the board at 45.5. I partially don't hate the over, but I also don't know how much West Virginia is going to help scoring there. So, like I said, 38-17 would put you pretty comfortably over, but it it wouldn't shock me if it were – 34 to 10 or something like that that goes under. So yeah. be careful with that total. West Virginia cro- Yeah, West Virginia crossing the 50-yard line feels almost as good as a touchdown at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, their offense has been terrible. Um, so, I, I mean, I would lean over as well, but I'm definitely not going to bet on it. Certainly not. All right, Mike, 7 o'clock on the stadium network. That's oh, that's boy. a thing, by the way. That's like you can like stream yeah. that, I think, on Facebook or some places. That won't. That won't get weird. Everyone's favorite TV channel, Facebook. Um, right. Stadium, the stadium network, the Duke Blue Devils are in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They're on the road against the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Duke is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. That's all I got. I don't know. What, what do you got? Anything? What, what do we think here? I'm on a heater. I'm on a heater here picking all the favorites. Duke, close. I think they cover. I think they cover, but it's going to be inside ten points, Joey. So this is the. I'm going to say Duke by seven to ten points. Okay, so this is the sixth game that we've previewed so far. Sorry, seventh. You've picked seven favorites, Mike. Yeah. How many have you picked? Uh, six. Well, I'm about to take my second underdog. Oh, okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Blue Raiders and the points okay. again because I. I can't take like 12 favorites in these games this weekend. I just can't do that. But I mean, Vegas didn't build all those big old hotels and everything on favorites winning games for what that's worth. Right. Um, Road trip for Duke. I, you know, I don't feel like we know that much about the blue devils at this point. Honestly, we We really don't. They've played Alabama and an FCS team. And that's, that's it. And now they're like a they're a touchdown favorite on the road against a pretty decent Sun Belt team in Middle Tennessee. Like, I'm just going to take the Blue Raiders. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm probably going to lose this bet. I don't know, but again, if I'm looking for underdogs that I really like on this card, this is about as close as I think I'm going to get. Yep, that's fair. Um, this, I mean, again, it's one of those weeks this week in the ACC where I just I have trouble picking underdogs, Joey. Yeah. I think so. Plenty of weird numbers here. Um, we'll get into a couple yeah. more here in just a moment that are probably worth considering. I don't know. All right. We're both on we're, – we're on different teams. I'm on Middle Tennessee. Mike is on Duke. Um, all right. Let's move on. Four o'clock right before that, also on the Stadium Network, so keep your TV tuned to Facebook or whatever you're watching these games on. Um, the Louisville Cardinals are taking on the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. That's my dad's alma mater. 
Um, oh boy. Louisville's a 10 point favorite. This is not like a true road game. This is being played in Nashville at the Titans Stadium, which is about an hour outside of Bowling Green, Kentucky, where the Hilltoppers play. Yep. I don't fully understand why this game is being played in an NFL stadium. Um, I guess it holds more than whatever Jack Harbaugh Stadium or whatever the hell it is at Western Kentucky holds. So there's that, but also like it holds like three times as many people and it's going to be halfway empty. So there's, I don't know, right. a lot going on here. Louisville's a 10-point favorite in this game, Mike. Um, I think I like Louisville. I think Western Kentucky is low-key kind of trash right now. Uh, they're pretty bad, and Louisville playing confidently, playing with energy, a lot of things like that. I think that they can probably find a way to cover in this game. I actually like Western Kentucky to cover. Um, yeah, a little spicy here, Joey. A little spicy. You got big um, red. Yeah, uh, for better or worse. Um, <laughs> Stephen Duncan has looked <laughs> Stephen Duncan's looked okay, quarterback for Western Kentucky. Um Again, it's a little bit of a neutral site game. Um, Lucky Jackson, really elite receiver for Western Kentucky. He's looked really good. Um, I think there are reasons to like Western Kentucky to cover here, even if it's on a backdoor basis. Um, you know, I think Louisville's looked good through the first two weeks. Obviously, looked really good in the opener against Notre Dame. They looked, you know, great in that first half. They tapered off a little bit after that. Uh, Louisville obviously looked much better a week ago. Um, but with that being said, I think – you know, while I think Western Kentucky's bad, I'm not sure how good Louisville actually is. And I think this is a good spot to pick for, you know, Western Kentucky to potentially cover here on a backdoor basis. I'm going to say, um, let's call it 24-17. So, you know, you're right around, I mean, the over-under is 51.5. So if you're sitting at 24-17, you know, you're right at that, you know, 48-point mark. Um, or I did bad math there. One forty-one point mark. Anyway, yeah, 41. Um, that right? Yeah, bad math. Um, but anyway, I, I think it stays under the total. Um, I would bet that more than the point spread here, but I do like Western Kentucky to cover here against Louisville. All right, Mike, quick, quick game we're going to play here. Go. Lightning, lightning power rankings. Yeah. I need you to rank these four teams. Oh, shit. Go. Louisville, Western yeah. Kentucky, Florida International, Central Arkansas. Go. Jesus, God. Um, Central Arkansas, an FCS team, by the way. Yeah, I put them third. So it's Western Kentucky, Louisville, Central Florida Arkansas. International, Central Arkansas. I put Florida International last, surprisingly. Um, now, if you had asked me that three weeks ago, I'd think a lot differently about that. But Florida International hasn't looked all that good. And the reason I ask is because Western Kentucky lost the first week of the season at home to Central Arkansas. Beautiful. And then went on the road and beat FIU. Yep. So wherever we feel like Louisville falls in those power rankings, I don't know. College football is weird, Mike. Oh, yeah. It's a weird game. So I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Louisville. I feel good about the way that their offense and defense are playing. They're playing confidently. Uh, they're showing effort. I, again, I think that they're showing more talent than a lot of people realize that they have. I think Louisville good. can cover 10. Yep. Total is 51.5. Probably leave that alone. I, I could see that going multiple directions so yeah and i think the western kentucky is bad so well uh i guess i don't know we'll find out a lot about both these teams on on saturday so i agree tune in put your put your browser or tv or whatever you do on the facebook stadium app and watch it there i guess that's a thing you can do so 
do that. Uh, four more, Mike. These are all ACC – excuse me, three more ACC versus FCS games here. Uh, first off, your Virginia Tech Hokies at noon on the ACC Network hosting the Furman University Christian Knights. A little Easter egg for all the uh, all the fans out there. Oh, yeah. Virginia Tech's only a 21.5-point favorite in this game. That line didn't look right. I double-checked it. It's still right. There's only like two places that are actually offering it right now. Yep. Hokies are covering 21 and a half, right? I think so. Um, <laughs> so full disclosure, I will be in Blacksburg. I will be in the booth covering this game. Um, I want to ask Justin Fuente so desperately about the running game. So I'll have an opportunity to do that. That'll be good. Um, pretty sure their SID hates me, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, you guys try to run the ball in practice. Does it work or you just think it'll work better in games than it works? I don't know. I mean, it makes me want to kill myself. That counts for anything. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, Furman is a secretly decent team in the FCS. Um, Could they be better than Old Dominion? Maybe. Uh, I, I know that seems bold. It's really not all that bold. Look up Furman and see what they've done so far this year. They're kind of okay. Um, Tech's at home. Tech really needs to establish a run in this game. I'm going to take Tech to cover. Um, granted, they were 28 and a half point favorites against Old Dominion. They won 31 17. That was a 14 point spread. They're what, 21, 21 and a half here. Um, I think they cover fairly, though. It's Win ugly if you're Virginia Tech at this point. I mean, any win's a good win. So um, I'm interested to see what happens here on Saturday. I'd like to see the running game be a little bit more established. I'm not counting on because I think the running game just sucks right now. I've written about it at length. Um, I think Ryan Wilson will have a good day, though, and I think they'll counteract any issues they have in the running game after Virginia Tech wins and covers. I, yeah, I lean with Virginia Tech here. Um, Furman, by the way, just last week gave a run for their money to Georgia state who you'll remember that a week before beat Tennessee in Neyland stadium. Uh, I don't know who that's the biggest referendum on, but I have a feeling it's Tennessee. Uh, I don't know that Furman is actually that good. I really kind of don't think that Georgia state's actually that good. Georgia state was like two and 10 last year. So careful on how much of a, how much we really believe in them just because they beat Tennessee who might be kind of complete garbage. Um, yeah, I think Virginia Tech should be able to cover this. Twenty-one. I don't. I don't love the hook on this. That it's ominous. Um, you get twenty-one and a half instead of just twenty-one or twenty and a half, even. So, yeah, I'll I'll go with the Hokies. I, I think they cover here, but I don't think we're holding each other accountable for ACC versus FCS games. So it ain't matter. That's fine. Um, Twelve thirty p.m. on the ACC Network Extra, which I I'm still assuming is what we're calling it. Georgia wow. Tech playing what I wow. would argue is the most interesting uh, FBS versus FCS game of the season of, of all of college football. And do you know why I call it that, Mike? I'm not sure. Is because in 2019, there will be a team running the option in Bobby Dodd Stadium, and it will not be Georgia Tech. This is true. The Citadel bringing in their option attack that has given Alabama some fits in recent years. Uh, they're going to be playing a Georgia Tech team that has been a total mess on offense, total inconsistency, total all sorts of stuff. Georgia Tech, a 27-and-a-half point favorite. I'm taking the Citadel. I am, too. I'm taking the points. 
I'm not fully convinced Georgia Tech can score like 28 points in a game at this point, Mike. Yeah. They've scored 14 against Clemson, 14 against USF. I Maybe they score 35, but certainly I think that the defense is going to is probably going to have a couple of glitches here or there, and I'm going to take the Citadel to keep this one a little bit close. 30-27, Georgia Tech. Jeez. Is there like a like a heart medication prescription that comes with that? Right, be careful. I mean, if you need one, Virginia Tech fans have one for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we know I, how to keep, it, keep it dicey and keep it interesting. 30 to 27, Georgia yeah. Tech. This is going to be a little bit more interesting than a lot of GT fans would want. Yeah, that's that's way more interesting than I want. I, I think this is like a two-score game, but not – so I think it's well within the 27 and a half. I, I don't think it's like a nail-biter. Yeah. But I I don't think this is an easy game for Georgia Tech as much as a lot of people would like it to be. I'm not sure how good Georgia Tech is, and also, like, I think the Citadel has an identity, which I think means something in this game. And would really shock you if Citadel gave them a run for their money here? No. No, it wouldn't. And there's, right. there's been a lot of exactly. chatter – there's been a lot of chatter on, on my end of wouldn't it just be like amazingly ironic and appropriate if the Citadel found a way to win this game? Yeah, I don't think they'll win, but I think they could like, you know, I, I think it could be like 30 to 20 Georgia Tech or 30 to 21 and all of a sudden, you know, Citadel makes a late run at it and keeps it, yeah, you know, real close. Um, I think Georgia Tech will overall keep them at arm's length. I don't think they'll get upset here by any means, but I also I'm not sure how Georgia Tech is and like how good they are. I'm not completely sold on their defense. I know I know you like their defense, Joey. I'm not completely sold on it. Um, much like Virginia Tech's defense, I'm not sold on that either. Um, I'm very much wait and see on both sides of the football with Georgia Tech at this point. You know the forward pass continues to be a problem. Um, the defense I think looked okay in spots. Um, a couple weeks ago against Clemson. I think they looked better last week, but I I think Citadel keeps it close. I don't think Georgia Tech's in a position where they're going to win any games really all that convincingly. Um, the South Florida game was pretty competitive overall. Um, I just – I don't know what Georgia Tech is. I know Citadel has an identity. I think because of that, they keep it close in this game. I think Georgia Tech wins, but I think it will be closer than a lot of fans watch it. Keep in mind that the Citadel has given programs such as Alabama problems in recent years. Yeah, yeah, no joke. And regardless of what you probably think of Georgia Tech, they're probably not as good as Alabama right now. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't give too much credit. So I'll take the Citadel in the 27 and a half. I, I think Georgia Tech wins, but it's not, yeah. it's not that much of a blowout, I don't think. So... In any case, uh, last one, Mike. Miami versus Bethune-Cookman. This is at 4 o'clock on the ACC Network. Um, Miami is a 41-point favorite in this game. I think you just give those points because Miami has a history of just kind of kicking the crap out of, like, Bethune-Cookman and some of these Mm -hmm. types of teams. But – Giving forty one and a half points in or forty one points in any game is is not a good feeling. Yeah, I mean, speaking of teams who are inconsistent, Miami's definitely <laughs> one of them. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I think you lean Miami just given the fact that they have beaten the hell out of teams like Bethune Cookman. Um, they play conference games a little bit closer. Uh, rivalry games are generally a toss up. Um, I'm not sure. 
yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'll go with Miami, Joey. I'll go with Miami. I, the Tim yeah. Cook is terrible. They're terrible. I mean, I'll just, you know, I haven't seen it out of Miami yet, right? Like, I felt good after the opener, but that was an egg they laid there in the Keenan Stadium last weekend against North Carolina. So, I'm going to go with Miami to win, Miami to cover. I don't feel great about it, though. This feels like a little bit like a get-right spot, a like a practice almost kind of feeling of a game. I, I think you just give the give the 41. Miami's not going to screw around that much. Right. Bethune-Cookman's not going to be able to scare him that much. Just hold your nose and do it. I'm with it. That's all I got. Uh, Mike, that's it for ACC games this weekend. That is not it for games that we got to cover this weekend. We got one more on the slate. Oh, boy. As our Bowling Green Falcons, Scott Leffler, Brian Van Gorder, and the boys, they were at home against the Louisiana Tech. What's their mascot? I totally forgot. No idea. Bulldogs. I think it's the Bulldogs. Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. They are at home. Louisiana Tech, a 10.5-point road favorite against our Falcons. Bowling Green won 46-3 week one against Morgan State. They just lost 52 to nothing to Kansas State last week. Are they keeping it within 11 to Louisiana Tech this week? Nope. Yeah, no. No, they're not. Nope. Hard no. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. No, they are not. Uh, Louisiana Tech, a well-established functional football program. Lots of things I can't really say about Bowling Green. Yeah. So, shout out Scott Leffler. Shout out Brian Van Gorder. Oh, God. Going to be a rough week. Oh, big time. Ten and a half is not enough. Not enough at all. Yep. So, boys from Ruston, going to cover. Mike? I think that's all I got. Anything else on this week's games? No, I think we're good. I think we're in a good spot. Um, again, a weekend that's you know much like the rest of the country. The ACC doesn't expect a whole lot out of these matchups, but these games will get weird. So keep an eye on them. I was gonna say the, the theme of this week is what could possibly go wrong. As we've picked like nine or ten favorites out of twelve games or whatever. So yep. Surely it'll be fun. Um, tune in. It'll be a lot of fun. So keep an eye here. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to watch these games, come back, and recap them this weekend. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FGRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, the longest email address, no demand, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, the Overcast app, and uh, more importantly, you can find us on the Anchor app. That's where all of our stuff is is, is able to be found. Please hit that subscribe button. We much appreciate it. Uh, Mike, you want to tell me they can find us on the social medias? Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Uh, just as a reminder, before we get out of here, uh, our picks of the week. I have North Carolina State covering six and a half on the road in Morgantown against West Virginia. Mike has Virginia covering seven at home against Florida State. And I I, I feel pretty good about both of those. I'm guessing you do too, Mike. Um, so I do, for sure. For sure. I'm sure it'll all turn out great. I'm sure. Yep. So Until it doesn't. Until it doesn't. Yeah, dilly dilly. Okay, uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? 
I think we're good, man. It's going to be a weird week three for sure. Um, we predicted these games. I don't feel good about many of these picks at all. So naturally, it's going to be a rough week. So let's see what happens. Hell yeah. That's it's college football season, baby. Yep. It's time to ride. So just buckle up. Yep. Buckle up. All right. Uh, you want to come back and recap these games after they're played? For sure, man. All right. Well, until next time. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC.